0: The highest paid person of the 21st century will be the storytellers regardless of occupation. That means no matter what kind of job you're in, what kind of business you own, you have to learn to tell stories, and interesting stories, with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Storytelling has been part of humanity forever, but we kind of got lost for a little while. This quote, the highest paid person of the 21st century will be the storytellers, was written by Rolf Jensen in 1996, the same year that the Microsoft guy, uh, no, Microsoft, Bill Gates. Thank you, I just went back. The same year that Bill Gates declared content is king. And then during the 20th century, we got lost in data and information and like boring, boring, boring. If you went to any kind of presentation, you would have endless, slides with numbers and facts and and everybody just kind of blanked out but now during all these years i've been doing storytelling for 10 years and what i've come to realize is that the fear of public speaking is real like 10 percent of population would rather be in the coffin than give the eulogy it's crazy but then There's 10% of the population that loves to be on stage and tell stories and do presentation. Now that's me, I am part of that 10%. Does that mean I don't get nervous? Of course I get nervous. But you learn to harness this energy and it makes you feel good, it's an adrenaline shot. When you learn to harness this, it's magical. Now, I was born a storyteller. From my very young age, my mom likes to share the story. My first day at kindergarten, mom is at the door crying, her little baby's leaving the nest, and she's like so upset. Me? See you later, mom. (laughs) Yes, new people, new stories, friends. I was so excited. Then during my teenage years, I had it made. I had a boyfriend that had a charger you know, the red charger with the black stripe, and and I was the DJ in my high school of 2,000 students. I can still see myself walking down the cafeteria, ha, 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 ha. staying alive, staying alive. <laughs> the Farrah Fawcett hair, I was rocking it. It was awesome. I had the world in my hands. I love speaking in front of people. I actually had done already a personal development course at the age of 16. 1982 was the year that I was graduating, but 1982 was also the year that interest rate went up to 21%. Those of you that have mortgages right now, (laughs) they're still very low. Now, what that did to my family is We lost everything. My dad lost, my mom and dad lost their business, which was very successful. They lost their homes. They lost their investment. Everything was gone. I remember the day dad came in the house and announced, we are moving to Alberta. Alberta? Nobody speaks French in Alberta in 1982. And worse, we were moving to Fort McMurray. <laughs> so we came just south of Montreal and moved to Fort McMurray. It was unbelievable. I mean, I did not speak a word of English. So this kid that had it all figured out, it was so cool, and it, like, it was gone. All of a sudden, I couldn't even ask, where the, where's the washroom? Like, I could not communicate with people, not to mention the culture shock. I remember my first walk downtown Fort McMurray and I've come face to face with this grown up man, dressed up as a cowboy. The guy had a hat and the boots and the belt buckle the size of a small car. <laughs> I remember writing to my friend going, oh my God, they have cowboys here, like it's like the movies. It was just mind blowing, like, the culture shock was so different. and. I remember the day I found out that you actually have to go to a special store to get beer and wine. You just can't go to the gas station or the corner store and forget, and I mean forget about buying any kind of curd cheese. (laughs) They didn't even know what it was. So with that, it, it was very, very difficult because Not only was I mixed up about the culture and I couldn't talk. It was crazy. But I plowed through and I started learning enough English. But what happened is it affected my self-confidence because this kid that was so good at public speaking that would almost get 100% whenever I spoke in front of the class now sounded like an idiot. Now, that was my little itty bitty shitty committee talking, but I remember one day being in the middle of telling this this really cool story, you know? And I'm like, okay, I can do this. And I'm telling you, wait, uh, Jacques came over to my house and he was on his bicycle and as he's riding his bicycle, he hit this, oh man, I don't know the word in English. So I would break into charades. You know, it's like a big black fat cat with the white stripe and it smells bad. So everybody would laugh. Now, it was fine when it was just those kinds of stories, but when you were trying to be serious, you know, like it's pretty hard to take somebody seriously when they don't know the words. I got my first job at a gas station. It's open 24 hours a day, and I was a cashier serving customers. I think that was about September, October, and I had moved in July, so my English was not all that great. And I was like, I have to do something. I don't understand these people. Now, I don't know if anybody here is from Newfoundland, but oh my God, (laughs) it's really, really hard to understand people from Newfoundland in English when you're learning. And I remember they would come to the counter and ask for a pack of players light or whatever it was. And I, I just, I had no clue what they were saying. So I developed my emergency pitch. Nope, we don't have it. <laughs> Anytime I didn't understand what they were saying, I would just say, nope, we don't have it. So it really affected me. A year later, so now I'm in Fort McMurray, I'm starting to learn English, things are starting to happen for me a little bit and I'm able to communicate somewhat. I kissed a girl and I liked it. Now you have to, being gay in Fort McMurray in 1983 <laughs> is nothing like being gay in Edmonton in 2022. You could get fired, thrown out of your house. I have a friend that was beaten from an inch of his life solely because he was gay. It was in the middle of the pandemic and you were an abomination So imagine what that did to my self-confidence. I couldn't talk. I was gay, so I'm an abomination. So I played small for 30 years. 30 years, I never, ever spoke publicly. And my self-confidence was way down. But here's the beautiful thing. This cocky 17-year-old, if I'd have kept going this way, I would never have had the connection with the hundreds of women that have shared their stories on my stage that are ready to vomit before they go on the stage because it is the scariest thing they have ever ever done in their lives my 17 year old self would go like come on it's like you just talk you do it every day (laughs) like what's so hard about talking but it really helped me understand the feeling that people get when they go on a stage and share a story or do a speech. Now, I love, love, love storytelling. Because when you share a story, especially a personal story, you help people release chemicals, hormones that make them feel good and open up their minds. You give people feelings and that opens up their mind to listen to you and to listen to your presentation. I'll give you an example of how powerful making people feel good can be. Love is probably the strongest emotion we'll ever feel. So do you remember when you first fall in love and your lovely wife or your lovely husband, you just got married and they're just so cute and you love them so much. And you just watch them take that crunchy apple and take a big bite. And they're like, oh my God, they're so cute. Like, look at her eating that apple. And then they always, always drink their tea when it's too hot. (laughs) Oh God, it's so sexy. Fast forward five years, now the chemicals are gone. And it's like, if you bring that goddamn apple in my bed, you're out. What's the difference? It's just the feel good chemical, the oxytocin and all of the good stuff that makes us feel good. So whether you're doing a presentation or you're trying to sell something, find those stories that people will connect with emotionally and we all have them. They don't need to be the big stories that, you know, I mean, some of the stories that were shared on my stage are incredible. Like one was her dad murdered her mom, broke everybody in her face and strangled her when she was 17 years old. Now that's a huge story. It's extremely impactful, but here's the little caveat. Not many of us have gone through something like that. So you, although you can feel it, you know, you just can't really connect to that. But the everyday story of your wife eating an apple in bed gets on your nerves. (laughs) Everybody can relate to that and start, like you all started giggling because you know exactly what I'm talking about. So those little stories can be just as powerful. So when you're going to share your stories, you want to put it in a speech because it opens people's minds. And also, when you want to share a difficult story or uh, a concept that maybe is difficult or people may not agree with, why don't you share a story? Now we've gone through a really rough time with COVID and everybody was like, I am pro-vaccine, I am against vaccine, and you're an idiot if you don't think like me. And all along I told people I'm vaccinated, triple vaccinated, so obviously I was for it, but when people got nasty on my side of the belief that if you're not vaccinated, you're an idiot, I always said, Do you know why? What's their story? Why do they feel that strongly? Like, I mean, these people were outcasts and it was really hard for them. So what is it like? What is their stories that made them think this way? One of my friends, her daughter was vaccinated. Um, I think it was a two months vaccine, whatever it was, and immediately had a seizure and had another, and another, and another, and she's severely handicapped now, and will need help forever. Now, I don't know if it was the vaccine's fault or not, but her mom was traumatized by that, and she did not get vaccinated, and she did not want her daughter to get vaccinated. So once you know that story, are you gonna call her an idiot, right? So that's the thing. Once you know the story behind certain beliefs, It really helps you understand and you open up minds. So many salespeople, you know, they just approach you and like just uh, vomit information. You just sit there and it's like, oh my God, it's got this, it's got that, 20% of this, 50% of that, blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, oh. So when they approach you, hey, can I tell you about this new juice I'm drinking? It's like, yeah, no, I'm good. But if you approach the person and say, Hey, can I share a story with you? So I've had four knee surgeries and I have not able to crisscross my legs for years. And then a friend of mine told me about this pink drink and this, this uh, pill that you can take. And it's been life changing. Like, Oh my God, look at me. Like I can crisscross my legs now. It's amazing. I don't even have to tell them to buy the product. When I tell them the story, they're like, what is it? Like, I need this. Like my joint aches all the time and I want it. It's amazing. If I had approached and said, hey, do you wanna try this new product that's out on the market? It's like amazing result and it's got 10%, 10%, 20%. Yeah, I'm good. Cause we have been so inundated with information And we're overwhelmed. I mean, anything you want to know now, you can go on Google or YouTube and learn how to do it. Anything. But your stories are not there. So, if you want people to listen to you, you have to share your stories. That is how you will interrupt pattern and get people to pay attention. And when you give a speech, always, 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 always have a personal story in your speech and do it close to the beginning because you relax people and especially try to put a little humor or something in there and it needs to be something that matters to you you must have feelings about that story and people will just open up to listen to the rest of the story with all the information and the concepts that you want to share So I'm going to leave you with this phrase that I tell everybody all the time. Your story matters. Use it. You've paid the price for it. You've lived through hell with it. Use it. Use it to make money. Use it to better your cause. Use it to make connection. Use it for everything. You just need to make sure that you frame it in a positive way. Because the other magic incredible magic about storytelling. It doesn't matter how ugly it is, how difficult it is. When you tell the story, when you tell the story, you decide the meaning of it. It's totally up to you. Like two people can tell the exact same story and one would be this was the worst thing that's, ever happened to me and the other person will say this was the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me that is the power of storytelling to me like i'm that just blows me away that no matter what the story is you decide the meaning of it and you can make money from it and that's beautiful because you've paid the price for it so your stories matter Thank you.